Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in the book of Acts, chapter 7, starting at verse 1. Learn from history. The Bible is God's history book. It does span millenniums. It even has history before creation and all the way past the end of the earth. If you can imagine a history book that is divine, that even tells the future. The book of Acts is the history of the church, the first church in Jerusalem. And Stephen is going to tell us history, starting from the history of the Jews all the way to his present day. It is important to know your history. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. We're going to see a history today of the Jews, God's chosen people, Israel, and up to the present, the history of the church, the Christians. And it's important to know the history of the Bible because what God has done for his people, the Jews and the Christians, he will do for you today. So you can find characters that you can identify and relate to, and you're like in the same predicament as them, and they got their miracle, their healing, their deliverance, they got saved, they got a, a wonder from God, so can you. I believe whatever God did in the Bible back then, he can do for you today. So it's good to know God's history, to know your history. We continue with Stephen, who is just a church member who has stepped up for ministry, and he's a food ministry director. He gives food out. But he's not your ordinary Christian he is very deep and full of faith. He is full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of grace and power. And now he is doing signs and wonders and miracles just like the apostles. And we see that the Holy Spirit has moved from Jesus doing all the incredible things to the 12 apostles doing incredible things. And now it is moving to the church and the church members have the power and the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just like Stephen. And now he's under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's been arrested. He's been thrown before the Sanhedrin again. They keep putting all the Christians on trial. First it was the leaders. Now it's the common folk, Stephen. He runs the food ministry. <laughs> he gives food out. And he's before the powerful Sanhedrin being cross-examined and interrogated, but he has the words and he has the power of the Holy Spirit. And he takes the opportunity to preach and to teach and to tell the Jews about God's history and their history. Let's jump in. Acts chapter 7, verse 1. The high priest said, Are these things so? The accusations of the verses before, the, the false witnesses, the false charges, are these things so? And Stephen's response is, 
Well, let me tell you about God, verse 2. And he said, hear me, brethren and fathers. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Let's start with Abraham. God kept his promises to Abraham. Abraham is the father of the Jews, the father of the faith. And if you're born again Christian, he is our spiritual father. And just like God made promises to Abraham and he kept them, God will make promises to you. I believe the Bible is God's promise book to you. I have a little book in my library, and it's called God's Promise Book. And all it is is scriptures that are promises that have been taken out of the Bible and put into one little book. And God has hundreds of promises for you. He's a promise maker and a promise keeper. He will not break his promises to you. So God first appeared to Abraham, verse 3, and said to him, Leave your country and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. Pack it up and move to a new place, a new world, someplace you've never lived before. You're going to leave it all behind. Have you been there? When I was at seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, I was praying and seeking God. God, do you want me to go back to L.A., to Whittier, and from Southern California, where I'm from? Or do you have a new place for me? And I saw it and prayed, and God did supernatural things, and a gentleman saw a vision of me, and, and God called me to Reno, Nevada. And I knew that I knew that's where I was supposed to go. My fellow pastors said, don't go to Reno, Nevada. You're going to ruin your ministerial career. Don't move to Reno. That's where the devil lives. <laughs> and I told them, Jesus would go, and Jesus has called me, and it's so exciting. I'm going to a new place that I've never lived before, and I know that I know that it's God. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've sought the Lord, and he's confirmed it through many ways. And God called me to Reno, Nevada, and I love it, and it's my home. I've been here 22 years, and I ain't leaving. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people leave Reno, and then they come back, because they realize all the wonderful things that are here. Verse 4, Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God had him move to this country in which you are now living, which is the land of Israel. It's interesting, you can have a close loved one die, someone loses their job, they lose a home, some tragedy happens, and all of a sudden you're packing it up and you're moving, and God is using that to move you on, a new chapter, a new place to live. Verse 5, But he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground, and yet even when he had no child, God promised that he would give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him. God gives you a promise. You're going to, have, you're going to live in the land of Israel, the promised land. I'm going to give it to your children, but I don't got any kids. 
I don't even own uh, an outhouse, you know. I don't even have a property or a house or a little piece of land. But yet he believed God for his promise that would come true. The land of Israel has been given to the Jews. You could read God's deed right in the scriptures and the borders, like you'd read borders of a deed. It's right in the scripture. God says, I give it to the Jews. Now, many Arab nations want to take it away. No, we want Jerusalem. We want to divide the land. You can't have it. We want to drive the Jews into the sea and take their promised land away from them. But it's God's promise. You could try to take it, but God ain't going to let it happen. Can I tell you, it's the same thing with you. God gives you a gift, a wonderful family, a beautiful job, a house, blessings, talents, and the enemy wants to come in. The devil wants to come in and rob you and steal, kill, and destroy and take the promises of God from you. You got to hang on to those promises. You got to know God gave me this and I ain't letting it go. Verse 6, but God spoke to this effect that his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. It's true. The Jews relocated to Egypt and they were made into human slaves for over 400 years. Verse 7, and whatever nation to which they will be in bondage, I myself will judge, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. It's prophecy, and now for us it's history. God sent the Jews to Egypt, but he set them free, and he brought them back to the land of Israel. And he judged Pharaoh and the Egyptian armies for the evil they had done to his people, and he punished them accordingly. Verse 8, And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. This is to Abraham. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day, and Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. Those are the key names. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The descendants. The patriarchs. The patriarchs kind of like the papa. The matriarch is the mama. So the patriarch, the leader of a family and a clan, and eventually the twelve tribes. Do you see? He calls them the twelve patriarchs. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. They became the patriarchs or the 12 tribes of Israel. And he's retelling this history, how God used the Jews and God will use you. If you believe like the Jews, if you believe like the Christians, God will make his promises to you, his covenants. God wants to give you a promise. Do you have a dream? Do you have a hope? Do you have a goal? Do you have something you long for? It is the desire of your heart. Seek him. Make a deal with him. Make a promise with God. Make a covenant and see if he will come true and keep his promise 
to you like he's done in the Bible. And now we move from Abraham to Joseph. Joseph is one of the 12 sons, right? Uh, one of the 12 sons of Israel, one of the tribes. And God promoted Joseph, verse 9. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. Yet God was with him. He was daddy's favorite. And his father treated him different and special. He didn't have to go out and work. And gave him a beautiful coat of many colors. The famous musical is coming to Reno, Joseph and the Technicolored Dreamcoat. I would recommend it. It does follow the scriptures. It's a little comical and creative in the music, but it tells the story of the beautiful coat. And Joseph's brothers, most of them were so jealous. They wanted to kill him, but instead they sold him as a slave, and he ends up in Egypt. He hits bottom. Falsely accused, goes to jail, prison, mistreated, whipped, abused. Have you been there? Have you had your own family members and friends sell you out, do you in, stab you in the back? It's a rerun. <laughs> Joseph has been through it. And we can identify with the characters of the Bible and learn from their history because we're going through the same thing. But can I tell you, in spite of everything, God was with him in the jail. God was with him when he hit bottom. God was with him when he was crying and screaming to his brothers, don't do this, don't sell me. And the slave traders are pulling him away. Verse 10. God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his household. Joseph, Joseph was at the bottom and God moved him to the top. Friends, family may knock you down and cut you down, right? Chew you up, spit you out and grind you into the carpet. But God will lift you up. And God starts promoting Joseph. And of course, through the dreams and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Joseph becomes second to Pharaoh, the governor, the most powerful, over an empire, rich, famous, the blessings of God, a beautiful family, everything he could want. God can promote you. What does the scripture say? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in the proper time. In God's timing, he'll lift you up. He'll turn your situation around. Verse 11. Now a famine came over all Egypt and Canaan. Canaan's the land of Israel and great affliction with it, and our fathers could find no food. A great economic depression, or I think of a recession, 
Where's the jobs? Got to work part-time. You got to work two or three jobs. Can't find a job. Lost my job. Lost my house. Had to move. There's no food. Where's the money? It's dried up. But yet God was still with his people. God still got us through. God protected them. And he will protect you through your famine. Verse 12. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers there the first time. I heard there's jobs in Reno, Nevada. So I moved there. (laughs) Took the whole family. Verse 13. On the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family was disclosed to Pharaoh. A lot of hurt and pain there. (laughs) You have family that they did you wrong, they abused you, they used you, you were betrayed, you trusted them, but you got to reconcile, right? You're going to face them again. And, of course, Joseph faces his brothers. He cries, his soul is ripped, They sold me as a slave. What you did for evil, God transformed it into good. And I forgive you and I'll take care of you and tell daddy to move everybody down. I'm rich. I'm powerful. You're going to stay in my house. I prepared the land. You're going to have the best. I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to get revenge. I'm going to forgive and I'm going to bless you. Wow, that's a hard one. (laughs) To forgive and forget and to move on and to save your own family. Verse 14, then Joseph sent word and invited Jacob, his father, and all his relatives to come to him, 75 persons in all. Bring them all. Bring the clan. The clan is little, 75. After 400 and about 30 years, the clan's going to grow to over a million Jews. Humongous. They start out small and they leave big. It is Stephan. He's retelling the stories of the Bible. And he's doing a pretty good job it convicts me. Do you know the Bible? Do you know the history of the Bible, the history of God's people? He's telling us stories from Genesis and Exodus, and he's summarizing. He's mastering the scriptures. We need to do the same. Verse 15, and Jacob, of course, his name was changed to Israel, went down to Egypt, and there he and our fathers died. They lived a happy life in Egypt, from rags to riches, from poverty to power. You know, my son is second to Pharaoh. We've got it good. But they died there. But their heart wasn't in Egypt. Their heart was in Canaan, the promised land, Israel. And so even though they died, they made their family promise, you will exhume me and you'll dig me up and you take my body and my bones back to the promised land. Verse 16, from there they were removed to Shechem or exhumed and laid 
in the tomb which Abraham had purchased for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. I saw a wonderful movie. God spoke to me through the movie Philomena. And the poor little girl who gets pregnant out of wedlock as a teenager goes to the convent and they take the baby away from her. They sell the baby to rich Americans. And she spends her life, I think she lived in Ireland, and she spends her life trying to reunite with her baby boy, unable to find him. And he spends his life trying to find his real mom. And then he dies. But he loves his mom so much, he wants his body buried back home where she lives, where she came from. And Philomena is a story of perseverance and grace and forgiveness because there's so many people that did her wrong and she could hate and get revenge and sue them and get lots of money. But she says, I choose to follow Christ and to forgive. And I have a life of love and peace. Very convicting. Philomena. If Philomena could forgive, surely I can forgive. It is a homeland burial. Bury me back home, next to my family's graves. It also is a divine promotion. Joseph keeps getting promoted. The world knocks you down, but Jesus lifts you up. Let Jesus promote you. God will redeem your life as well. Maybe you feel I've hit in the bottom, but God will pull you up to the top. And can I tell you in the end, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And when Jesus comes, it'll all get straightened out. So don't worry. In the end, it will work out. And now we jump to Moses. God sends his great deliverer, Moses. 17. But as the time of the promise was approaching, which God had assured to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt from 75 to about a million. Verse 18. Until there arose another king over Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph a new administration. I don't know Joseph and his Jews. These Jews are too big. They threaten us. We must enslave them and control them and control their population. Verse 19. And it was he who took shrewd advantage of our race, yes, making them slaves, and mistreated our fathers, whipping them so that they would expose their infants and they would not survive. The edict of Pharaoh, throw the Jewish baby boys into the Nile River and exterminate them. They're becoming mightier than us. They're a threat. We will commit infanticide and abort these baby boys as soon as they're born. But of course, when Moses was born, his mother loved him. And she's like, I can't do that. I can't just drown him in the Nile River. So she makes a beautiful basket, you know, the little ark, and 
puts pitch, it's waterproof, and she puts them, yeah, she throws them into the river, but in a little safety arc. <laughs> so she kind of follows the law, and she sends her daughter, now you watch over your baby brother, and you make sure he's safe. Verse 20. It was at this time that Moses was born, and he was lovely in the sight of God. And he was nursed three months in his father's home. But when mom's like, I can't keep this baby quiet, he's going to get discovered. We got to stick him in the little basket. Verse 21. And after he had been set outside or into the Nile, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as his own son bathing on the river, and it seemed by chance. It's not by chance. Well, this thing just happened to me, and I, I met this person, and I walked into this church, and, and this thing from God happened. It's not by chance. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.